0: All right, and with that, we're gonna get started. Hi, and welcome to a recording of Fashion Talks. We're here live at Toronto Fashion Week at Yorkville Village. It's the podcast about observing the world through the lens of fashion, and I'm your host, Donna Bishop. And I am so happy to be here with this amazing group of people. We just finished watching the teaser of the episode one of the new design competition series, Stitched, which will be airing on Slice this coming Sunday at 9 p.m. And I'm joined today by the host, Canadian fashion model, Kim Cloutier. Hi. Hi. Yes, yay! And resident style experts, including celebrity stylist, Josie. Welcome. And Elle Canada's editor, editor-in-chief, Vanessa Kraft. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> That was such a fun episode, and we didn't even get to see all of it, so I'm so excited to see who goes forward with fun fur. (laughs) Right? Um, We're going to talk a bit about the show, but I think the thing that the show also brings to light in, in this kind of wave of media and social media that is such a part of things is how it's democratizing the industry. Joe, we've seen... In social media and, and media democratize all sorts of industries, food, all, design. How are you seeing it impact the fashion industry?
1: Well, I mean, sort of your unofficial dinosaur in this whole pack. I've like, literally been in this industry since the early 90s. So when I was living in Toronto, I moved to New York. When I first got there and I was working in magazines and publishing, the whole idea of like going to fashion shows, we'd go to Paris, we'd go to London, we'd go to Milan, and we'd watch all the fashion shows. Then we'd come back and just not report on it for six months and we'd be fine. Can you even
0: imagine that that was how it was? Well,
1: no, but there was also no computers we were using electric typewriters. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I think what has changed is that social media has allowed every single person to have access and a voice. Like back then, if you weren't part of that inner circle to be invited to the Chanel show, you have no idea what goes on. And that's why we could keep it a secret for six months. Today sitting in the front row of a fashion show, if you are not posting that to Instagram, the minute it's walking out, you're already too late by the time it hits someone's feed. So by the time everybody in this room around the world is watching a fashion show live streamed on an Instagram feed via any social media channel, they are actually participating in what's going on. So they are as much of an editor as anyone else. So what has really happened, it's allowed everybody Anywhere who feels like they can have a voice and a vision and any sense of creativity for the world of fashion to actually partake. And I think that's what's so great about Stitch.
0: Well, and it's so exciting, but it must also be intimidating because you have, like, if you make a mistake or you want to change something when you first put something out there, it's already out there. Do you feel that pressure from, I from mean, the talent? I think-
1: There is that little bit of intimidation, but I feel like when you are that age, like I remember being here in Toronto and being so wide-eyed, looking at all of these designers and these editors in New York, thinking, oh, I want to be part of that. That same feeling is with kids here, and I feel like we see it, but I think there's a different level of confidence today, and these guys can definitely tell you that I think social media actually allows you to have confidence versus intimidation about this industry, and I think that's what makes it democratic, because everyone feels like, I know what I want to do. I know what skirt I want to make. I can sew. I can design. I can sketch. I want to be part of that. And the, Vanessa, the, I see you nodding. Yeah, well, yeah, because the thing,
2: the thing about it is that we see it on the show, in particular the episode you saw, it's very young designers. But they're conf, there are some confident individuals on that episode. I don't know if you noticed some particularly <laughs> confident individuals, some so characters maybe. Of course maybe. it gives you a voice, it gives you a place to express yourself but there's a deeper deeper level that it goes to after that which is how do you run your business, how do you get the support behind your business and what's the strategy there so I think with social media as well and democratizing the availability and the images and the inspiration, there's also a real need to figure out how do I edit that down, how do I distill that mm-hmm. to something that has meaning and speaks for me and making sure that everything you're putting out there is a legitimate representation yeah, of who pre, you are. I
1: think pre-social media fashion was really exclusive and I think post social media is very inclusive
2: I
0: think it's totally true and I'm curious Vanessa as a magazine editor when Joe was talking about this you know crumbling of the ivory tower of of, I don't believe he used those exact
2: words but (laughs) yes continue
0: (laughs) it's a turn of phrase Um, how are you seeing things change in the magazine world like are you using social media differently at L to sort of bring Uh, people into the fold
2: Yeah, I mean, of course, it's a wonderful tool. It actually gives us access to our readers directly. We know what they like, don't like, want to see more of. That's the most obvious tool I can use social media for. It also allows us to discover and see, much in the way Joe talks about, you used to sit, watch the shows, and you would see a trends emerging as fashion weeks would continue. Now you can see trends emerging on your social media feed. Do you think
0: that makes us living in, like, a post-trend world? Like, are trends becoming... You know, not as relevant because anyone can be a
2: trendsetter? It's an interesting conversation. I do believe that the era of us dictating this is what you must wear this fall is kind of over. But trends will never be over. There's always going to be a movement. If you look at right now what's happening with this return to bright colors and logomania and things like that. Well, surely that's a response to the world being quite dark right now and us wanting so the, to have some happy, some light, some color. Well, that's a trend, and that doesn't mean that it's necessarily something... I think, think it's loosening up in right. that world, though.
1: Yeah. Like, I really do remember in the early 90s when we used to go report on the shows, it was very specific. It's like, it's all about 60s, yeah. it's all about miniskirts, it's all about mod. Today, it's sort of like... Oh, I'm never it's, gonna wear the a mini trend skirt. Is about it being an matter. individual
2: right the trend and the movement part of what social media has done is created that individualism yes. is a trend yeah well right. and yeah. it's
0: interesting you mentioned the bright colors and what we're seeing on the runway even here at Toronto Fashion Week because empowerment is something that a lot of designers have talked about being part of their inspiration so it's almost like the trend is coming from a different place it's less about you know yeah. a hemline or or the height of a waist but empowerment is almost a trend. And it's so
2: interesting the way that shows up. Look at all the oversized clothes and the power shoulder. That's taking up more space. A woman is taking up more space in a world where that voice is so important. So it's... It's, it's very, very chicken before the egg, and you know there's a lot of influences, but social media is a positive thing, I think, in terms of how we look at fashion. But I think
1: it's allowed the public to really cultivate their own opinion. Everybody is a couch critic, everybody can have an opinion, everybody has a voice, but all of that, designs are mandated by consumers. Like, if you're not interested in miniskirt, you're not gonna buy it. You're not gonna be told so by any of us that you have to, and I think that's what's so great. That's how fashion has changed. Previously, I think consumers wanted to be dictated to, what they should wear. Today, the consumers is driving the bus. So
0: true. And Kim, I'm curious from your perspective, because you're coming to this from the modeling side of things to join this team. How have you seen social media impact your side of the business? Is it something that is taking the same sort of democratic shift that we're seeing with the design side?
3: Yeah, for sure. We were talking about this earlier, and we were saying how the new supermodels are now the girls, the Bella Hadid and the Gigi Hadid and the... Kendall Jenner of yeah. this generation because they have so many followers. So it's good for the company and it's good, well, for the girls, I guess, but for the regular models that are not supermodels. Mm-hmm. Then on castings, they ask you oh, always your the amount of followers that you have because it's it's it helps the clients sell clothes and sometimes they will put in your it's contract negotiation. that you have. Yeah. Exactly. It's part of the negotiation. So sometimes, yeah, we... It's good for the girls that have a million followers, and then for us, it's a little it's, it makes it a little bit trickier because we have well, the it's pressure. it's a currency of, you need to develop, yeah. right? I, yeah, absolutely. It's a yeah. currency,
2: and the rules are always changing because it's one minute it's about numbers, sheer numbers, how many followers you have. Then it's about engagement. Then it's about mm-hmm. a mix of the two. So it's also an ever-changing kind of who's hot, who's not. Is someone too hot? You can have saturation point with certain models as well, right? So... Well, and something I think that is also
0: exciting for the, the participants that are on the show is social media is such a tool for them. Like, I've already seen in my social feed, you know, designers that are even showing here this week are excited to be participants. Kim, do you think it's something that the designers on the show will really be able to harness to help them, regardless of how they end up, you know, when the episode is done, where they fall in the pecking order of the four? Do you think social media is something all of them should Really take hold of?
3: Yes, I think so. I really think so. This is the new this is the new era. If you don't jump in, if you don't jump in that bus, you're gonna miss it. And if you want to stay relevant, that's part of the that's part of the job now. It's almost a new job that you have to take full time, and be, stay relevant. I think it's a little
1: multidimensional too, because I think we live in such an omni-media society right now. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's social media, but. This is an incredible platform for all these designers. Television is still huge, and by television, I mean whether you watch it on a set, on your phone, on a computer, it's still giving you content and access to something you haven't seen before, being in print, in Elle magazine. Mm -hmm. All of that is circular, and you need all of the, you have to actually hit all of those tangents. You can't just be a YouTuber and nowhere else, because nobody else can actually tap into you and become your audience. So you sort of have to fire all your cylinders, and it, it can be really hard, I think.
2: Yeah, and yeah, I do, I do a whole think time job. if a designer <laughs> doesn't, being on the show, it gives you a legitimacy, right? Television still has that legitimacy. Yeah. You've got social media that gives you excitement and buzz and quick. You've got print magazines and you have television that gives you a certain type of legitimacy. So for these designers, they need to harness the, the impact that the show will have, but also make sure their social media is tight. Make sure they have a strategy. Make sure they are pushing the message they want to be pushing.
0: Well, because social media is often just the final product. And I think what's so exciting about Stitched is we get to see a little bit of the process. I mean, I know there's hours and hours of footage that we don't have. I pity the editors. It must have been so hard to find, like, all the nuggets. You could probably put three episodes out of all the, all, all the footage. But I think in this age of, of fast fashion, we've come to sort of take we've take clothing for granted a little bit and to have something that shows what goes into the making of the garments even just hearing like the stream of consciousness that the designers you know share when they're doing it i think will be so exciting was it exciting to watch them joe
1: i mean i think i think a lot of people don't realize what goes into making a garment they go to a store they see it online they purchase it but they, when they actually see how it's come to life through the creative process of a designer from a bolt of fabric to execution to concept it's kind of amazing you know to yeah. see life being breathed into something that you never thought could happen and to see it come out at you cuz you know Vanessa and I are seeing it for the first time as a, as the designer's creations are coming out and we're experiencing that and it's really sometimes so incredibly mind-blowing and i'm going to tell you that this series is so special because we have sat at tens of thousands of fashion shows but to see the kind of talent and the kind of creation that we witnessed on this program was mind-blowing. I mean, some of it we just could not believe.
3: And when you, with the designers that go out with the collections that you see at the fashion shows, they've been working on their garments for months and months, and now they had ridiculously short amount of time to do it, sometimes three hours. And to see the result, it was really incredible. Yeah,
2: I think we were reminded that... Fashion is art, right? And when you see the craft of something, there's a fascination behind any artist creating something. So even for us, we can all get very jaded. But to sit and watch someone put their literal blood sometimes, maybe, spoiler, put <laughs> sweat That's and tears, into. tears. Very <laughs> into. You should have hit them. <laughs> It's just one punch. But like, to just to put everything into their work, to see it happen, to see it, to recognize and remember, this is someone's vision, dream, talent. And we see it, even on my end, you go to the shows and then you decide what goes in the magazine and you can sometimes be disconnected from that process so it's very important
1: and they're doing
0: this under like the pressure of the show with the lights and the crew and the emotion of it oh
1: my gosh and having to perform and having to like deliver on something because that's their name that's their brand that's their value behind what they're showing and they have to be proud of what they're showing you know and i think that's hard but i think to be able to see it from beginning to end for these viewers it's going to be so satisfying and to see it three times in one episode that's what i find incredible Incredibly exciting because it's just nonstop.
0: Kim, what was the energy like on set when people were doing the challenges? Was it was it tense? Was it was it exciting? Was it all of the above?
3: At, it, I think it was all the above, depending on who the designer was. But I wasn't on set so much either. I was only there the last five minutes to see. To
2: you let got them the know big reveal. I mean, Kim minutes, would come basically. back before we'd walk out, and we'd be like, "Kim, and look just us in the eyes. Eye, like, How is it?" And she would just be like. Mm. This have a good oh, yeah, you'll have the surprise. Yeah. <laughs> it was always such a surprise. Yeah. Oh,
3: yeah, definitely.
0: Vanessa, what was the quality of the talent like? Because there are designers coming from
2: all over North America. Uh, I was seeing Give designers a that I sat sense. at their shows. Like, uh, we would sit down and be like, uh, I know this person, is that okay? Yeah. Is it okay if I know this person too? That was the caliber of the designers coming in to, to construct garments under this incredible pressure. So that was very interesting to see someone... Uh, that has, a, they all, everyone has a background. There were costume designers. There was a puppet, puppet designer. designer. Uh, there were <laughs> young designers. The, the age range was, I think, from 19 to 61 or something. That's so kids. cool. Yeah, and there were people who were taught off YouTube and things like this. So for us, it was really great to see the juxtaposition of different uh, generations, different levels of experience coming together. But I was really impressed with the level of experience of the people on the show.
0: Well, and it will be such a way for the viewers, be it when they watch it live on on television or through social media, to discover new talent. Like, it's just a platform for all of us to discover. I hope they're ready for the tidal wave. And so that's something social media has always been good for, has it not, Joe? Like, have you discovered things through social media as a result just of you know, scrolling through Instagram or Twitter?
1: I discover things on social media on a daily basis. I mean, and certainly I've incorporated a lot of it into business, whether it's a new photographer, a great face, a young designer. But certainly I think there's a lot of things to discover. But I think what the show does, it allows you to discover all of that, but at the same time also sit at home and be your own fashion police. So they may disagree with Vanessa and I. They may agree with Vanessa and I. And I think that's what's so incredible, that everyone can have that voice and that opinion about fashion that they could not have before. And I think that's what's going to allow them to have a conversation with us like we're gonna live tweet this premiere and I hope you all do with us Tune Sunday in. night <laughs> but the fact that we're gonna do that it's gonna be able to have a one-on-one conversation with everybody watching the show everybody
2: wears clothes right absolutely so everyone's gonna have an opinion on what they're seeing and that's the most fun part is I want people to come at us and say what why what's this well what oh, they're, <laughs> they're coming for you they're coming for you they're gonna be coming for all of you no. I think <laughs>
0: No. Vanessa, (laughs) something you raise you raise a good point though, because everyone now can be a critic, everyone can be a designer. Like the the access of social media creates this enormous ocean that we can all be a little fish in. But what do you think it's gonna take for some of these designers to be a fish that survives in this ocean? Because that, I mean, that's the other part of it, right? Like, it's a very, very, very big pool
2: to swim in. It is a very hard industry, and you there are people who are incredibly talented who, that's not enough, unfortunately, right? You need to have the support, you need to have a strategy and a business plan. And I think in Canada, it's becoming better in terms of recognizing the talent and supporting our own. There's so many wonderful things happening with CAFA and various fashion weeks like Toronto Fashion Week. So I think there's a recognition of the talent in this country, but. We would talk about it a lot, even directly to the designers. You have a story to tell, you have a point of view, and you clearly have talent, but you've got to harness that and make the most of it and figure out how your path is, where it's going to take you.
0: Kim, is this an opportunity for the models that are on Stitched as well? Of course. It's another way to be seen, so of course it is, yeah. And there must be such a, a really wonderful relationship between the designer and the model. Like, you can see it as they were yeah. talking just on the episode now. What's it like when you're working with a, a designer, especially someone who's, you know, you're seeing something of theirs for the first time as these models
3: are? Well, it's f- it's fun to see the process and to see them be so excited with their creation because it's their baby. They've been working on it for a long time, so it's very—it's always very joyful to be part of something like that with them. I think one of the things, and
0: we've been talking about this with, with fashion weeks and whatnot, because the conversation of, you know, is fashion week dead and whatnot is a circular one that's been going on and on. But to me, it's like a film opening before it goes into wide release. It's a chance for designers to really show their their vision before their clothes go into retail or their online stores or what have you. Is this like is this a kind of a small example of that Joe do you think is this a chance for these designers to have their their moment and see where it goes from there?
1: I mean absolutely. I mean they're opening up their brand and and their vision to millions of people across the country and potentially the world and and I think that's what this is all about. I mean, yes, Fashion Week, yes, social media, yes, this television. But I think at the end of the day, that's what designers need. They need to be able to go out there and really show everybody what they're about. And I think as you watch the series, you can see the ones that really excelled are the ones that really stuck to their point of views, that really delivered on something that they strongly believe in, that they are authentic in what they showed and put in front of us. That's what really happened. I mean, a lot of people, yesterday we did a full day of press, and a lot of people said, like, were there certain things you were looking for when you were judging? And, you know, we were saying, yes, of course, a point of view and all those things. But I can also tell you, there were times that something came out, and I went through a whole list of, like, that's terrible, that didn't work, that was a mess, that was this. But I kind of love it. And That was usually when I was
2: like, no, Joe.
1: (laughs) And I was like, yes. The
2: controversy. The controversy of fashion.
1: Mom and Dad. (laughs) Was it on Twitter or was it face-to-face? Because I think that's that's what the beauty of fashion is, that... No pun intended, it's really not black and white. It's so subjective, and it is really instinctual. I, both of us having been editors and, and people who've like, really judged fashion for decades, it's the idea that... like For months,
2: what? I'm very young. It's what? decades. She just started crazy. with the show. Why are they laughing? But what but laughing?
1: But what, really, what do we react to emotionally? And what really gets to us? And I think that's the part that really works, and it's not about everybody agreeing, but it's everybody sort of understanding, and I think even when we are judging these incredible designs in front of us, if we have something critical to say, we're gonna say why, and it's too easy just to say I don't like something, but it's much more constructive to explain why.
0: Vanessa, I see you nodding as Joe speaking about the emotional impact of clothes, and you've said a couple of times, you know, we all wear clothes, we all wear clothes. What is it about fashion that excites you? What
2: keeps you in the industry? You know, I always have felt, it's a very simple thing for me. Fashion is a representation of who you are. It's the message you send out into the world about who you are. It can be a coat of armor sometimes. It can speak for you if you cannot. It is incredibly important. And I think that one of the wonderful things about this show and being lucky enough to work at a brand like Elle is the constant reminder that... People try to say it's just clothes, fashion doesn't matter. It matters in everything. We, it matters in everything, and it's a wonderful, wonderful thing that we even ha- have the ability to be around. So I think it's very important to be reminded of that, and it's very important to let let fashion in and have it be joyful and fun. Aw, joyful oh, and fun for sure. Nice. Kim, I'm curious. As a model, you—I
0: mean—you get to wear clothes every day, like like the rest of us. Every single every day. Every single I day.
3: <laughs> she doesn't take
0: days off. People, she wears her clothes every day. Um, but you also get to wear, you know, clothes for designers in like their photo shoots and on the runway. Is it different, like when you know you're wearing that heart and soul of a designer? What does
3: that mean to you? Yeah, it's very. It's very special because, like I said earlier, it's their baby. They've been working on it for so long and they've put blood, sweat and tears into it, and it's, yeah, I think it's just, it's it's a wonderful thing to be able to be part of that, and when you wear their clothes and you feel so beautiful and you feel so sexy in them and confident, that's the most important, Mm -hmm. and they can tell that from the way you stand and the way you look, that goes also to saying why fashion is so great. And you see that they're so happy to see you being so happy wearing it, you know, it's like a little... A it's nice emotional. Little of... It is an
2: emotional connection yeah. that we are having. Why do you think... Look at even the Alexander McQueen exhibits and the films and the reaction that people are so moved yeah. by what this man created. Well, that is emotion as much as his incredible vision and talent. So... I think that you see the emotion here, for sure. To
1: wear the clothes and be amused, I have to say, like, what you don't see on our show is some of the models that were modeling it for these designers, when they would win a challenge, the models backstage would be so emotionally moved that their designer, that they were able to sell their garment and and get them to win. That's very true. And they were so moved. And I I love that because they weren't just there modeling something, but they were genuinely invested in what they were selling.
0: Well, and I think what's going to be so exciting is, Vanessa, you've touched on already how the Canadian industry, you know, is starting to support itself a little bit more. You know, I feel like we're kind of at this exciting precipice of the industry taking another leap forward. Joe, what do you think about the Canadian fashion industry? I mean, you get to travel all over the world. How are you... Is Canada having a moment, or are we drunk on our own Kool-Aid
1: a little bit? No, no, listen. I think the CAFAs have done an incredible job in really sort of bringing Canadian fashion to the foreground. But having been someone who grew up here and then moved to the States and having worked there for the last 20-plus years and coming back here and doing the show, I can tell you that right now, more than ever, the spotlight on Canadian fashion is so global, it's so positive, it's so celebratory, and certainly it is Caffas, but I have to say, we have to also give some of it up to Meghan Markle. Like, I was reading... Oh, my, yes. When I did the Caffas, and I pointed this out, like, Women's Wear Daily did a story called The Meghan Effect Mm -hmm. that they said, by the end of this year, the... Clothes that Megan would have worn would have topped out at $212 million with a majority of that going to smaller Canadian brands. That's a big deal for Canadian fashion.
0: It's a huge deal. And it speaks to the power of social media as well in terms of other people being able to discover these amazing brands that she's, you know, chosen and has and has been wearing. And I think the regional fashion weeks around the country as well, I mean, we're blessed in Toronto to have a nice spotlight on us here. But in Vancouver, in Montreal, out in the East Coast, in Halifax, in Calgary, there are amazing regional fashion weeks as well that are really coming into
1: their oh own. Oh, my gosh. And the fact that Greta Constantine and Makaj and all these incredible Canadian designers are being said in the same sentence as globally recognized designers is really great. I mean, just the fact that even Vanessa's name has been wrapped up in conversation about her September issue with Anna Wintour and Edward Enifel has been an incredible moment for Canadian fashion Mm -hmm. on a bigger level.
0: Vanessa, the September issue is something I want us to touch on before we wrap up today. Because, Absolutely, because the September issue for the September issue is a big deal in the print world for sure. What's happening with Elle with the September issue? And I know you've done some things with Facebook Live that have really let people see behind the curtain. Yes, for How some, was The that? September
2: issue is you know Fashion New Year's. So the first year that I was editor in chief, we did a big Facebook Live for the making of our September issue, where we let everyone come in and see our editorial meeting. <laughs> Uh, they they should have had me on a delay like the Grammys or for people who swear, <laughs> whatever it's fine. We survived. Was it just beep 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 Yeah. Right. So we did that to try to bring our readers to feel more connected to us. Mm-hmm. It's very important to me as an editor of a fashion magazine that to be as inclusive as possible to bring as many women into our world as possible. And with the September issue now in 2018, it's Tracy Ellis Ross, good friend of Josie's, I might add, and blackish. The love The wonderful her. Tracy Ellis Ross was on the cover, and it just so happened that many other. Large fashion magazines, the Vogues of this world and beyond all had women of color on the covers of the September issue and it became an international talking point, so we were very happy and proud to be part of it. It just was serendipitous that it happened that way
0: and Kim, I'm just going to give you the final word here um, even in the in this clip that we've been able to see, there was such you know diversity in characters and diversity in models. Diversity is something that is continuing to be a big conversation in the fashion industry, rightly so. Are you seeing that change? And do you think shows like Stitched are going to help move that needle even more by showing
3: people how important that is? I hope so. I hope so. because I feel like it's time, you know? And I think social media has a thing to do with it because it's very inclusive. And it it's very inclusive and it promotes... It, it, it says how great diversity is. And now we see women of color, we see different ethnicity, and we see different, different shapes in women, too. Um, because, you know, back in the day, if you didn't look the one particular way, you were not necessarily able to fit in the clothes, and today that's changing probably a lot because of social media. And on Stitch, we I think we're, I think we're definitely we're very
2: representative. Representing yeah, yeah.
3: that, yeah. Moving the needle with Stitch.
0: Yes! <laughs> uh, thank you so much for being here, thank everyone. You. Stitched will premiere on Slice Network this Sunday at 9, and so many designers who are participating are ones that are from around North America, so do turn in. Uh, You can follow Fashion Talks at Fashion Talks Pod. We love hearing uh, listener feedback, so thanks very much. A big thank you to CAFA, our producing partner with the podcast. You can learn more about the Canadian Arts and Fashion Awards at cafa.com .ca, pardon me, and that's at C-A-F-A-W-A-R-D-S. Thank you for spending this time with us. I'm Donna Bishop, and until next time, Fashion Talks. And we, yep, we're going to do questions. Absolutely. We just do the sign-off because it's easier in post. And if someone asks you a terrible question, I can edit it out. (laughs) Are there any questions? There must be some questions here. I'll do my best. Tire Banks, Oprah, and come around.
1: Okay, sorry for my nervousness, but my question would be based off of overcoming any difficulties that you've had in your own personal career. So often you spoke about social media. I'm an oil painter, and for me, I struggle with social media. Very spiritual, very talented, but I don't know how to bridge that gap. For yourself, was there anything that you had to overcome, and how did you do it for your own personal career?
0: That's a big one.
1: Um, I think yes. I mean, listen, when I was living here, all I wanted to do was work in magazines. And I moved to New York City. And I remember a friend of mine was living there. And he said, oh, come meet a friend of mine who works in fashion. He'll be able to give you advice. And I sat down. And he was like, oh, you want to work in a magazine? Mm, no. It's only for blonde, white women that are from families of privilege. So I don't think it's ever going to really work. And I was like, oh. I'm guess I'm going back home. And then I just, and then I went home and I woke up the next day and I was like really bummed and I woke up the next morning and I was like, "No, you know what? I'm going to hustle. I'm going to work my ass off and I'm going to hustle and I am going to prove to them that I don't have to be any of those things and make it happen." And I did. And you know, in the reality is like I wanted to say it's as simple as that, and there was certainly a lot of bumps along the way and a lot of failures and ugly cries and all those things. But those things are what actually makes things better and makes things worth the path that you take. So, yeah, I like that I, did, I ended up doing really well in fashion and not having been a blonde white woman, you know, <laughs> or having been on a national daytime talk show in the States and having been the first Asian male that has ever been able to have that, have that. and to this day I've still never had that. So I like that we can break new ground all the time, so yes. Have the naysayers, because those are the people that actually pushes you forward.
2: Yeah, and I, I think it, there's several things. I mean, I also ran away from home like Joe did. I was 18. I didn't run away. I took okay, a plane. I ran. <laughs> I ran as fast as I could to the airport. But, but I also left home. And I mean, maybe that's what you... Sometimes you have to get out of the environment you're in in order to see things more clearly or to grow. Sometimes you don't have to, but I think... I often think about the most important thing over all the difficult, because it's easy to say, just do you. But the reality of day to day, that is so difficult. It's so many obstacles. I think if you always focus on that you really want to be known for who you are, not what you do, right? You always want to be known for the person that you are, so that your reputation and everything that goes around, I say this all the time, of course, your job is incredible, but Joe is still Joe. Right? Joe is still who he is, and his reputation still will be who he is. So if you're not comfortable with something, you have to weigh up is that who I really am, or is this something I'm just, this is this out of my comfort zone? Because comfort zone should be blasted away. But if it's truly against who you are as a person, then that's where you have to, to kind of draw the line.
0: Oh, I see. And did you have a question as well? Okay, we'll go here and then here.
1: Hi. Um I just personally really respect what you just did and what you said and uh, when you say like fashion is a representation of who we are but in today's trend and pushed by social media, I feel that fashion sometimes for people is more than who I want to be, more than who am I so how do you communicate to say no, 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 you have the wrong education, fashion is who you are and not what you want to be
2: I mean, by nature, fashion is, a lot of the time, very aspirational. So I don't have a problem with something that I want to be, with constantly seeing something I might want to be, but I think it still comes down to yourself and how you want to express you. So, yes, of course, we can all be saying, this is hot, this is not. Your feet. could be full of, I don't know, contouring, and you're just like, I'm not doing it, and that's no one's going to come to the door as the contour police and be like, girl, highlight, bake it, <laughs> spackle it. What is a it work? Hot, bake it? You bake it. I don't know what's called. Anyway, I, think it's I called should baking, know. yes. I should know this. Um, so, so, again, like, I think that you have to also be free to make mistakes, right? You have to be free to figure these things out. It looks on social media like everyone knows what they're doing. Nobody knows what they're doing, okay? It just looks that way. So you be allowed to make some mistakes and figure it out and, and actually use social media to be like, like that, don't like that, and this is why I don't like that, and this is why I do like that. Well, the thing is,
3: social media is also... It's not because you see someone dressed a certain way on social media that that's how they're dressed and portraying themselves away from social media. It's a picture. It's something... It's half a second that you can post, and it's not necessarily really who you are. I think you have...
1: Yeah, I think you have to be careful because there is, like the pros and cons of social media, but I think everything that you put out in the world as what you see isn't necessarily always real. And I think there is a dark side definitely to social media, but even magazines, like when I worked in publishing, everything, if it was this big, we retouched a photo to death, that every single person that puts a picture on social media will take a hundred of them and then retouch that to death. So the reality is like, it's okay. Nothing of it is really real. So if you let it get to you, it's a very tough thing to live up to because none of us can live up to something that isn't genuinely real.
0: All of you have had very different careers and paths to get to where you are what was the moment for each of you where you thought oh my god i made it or have you even had that moment yet
3: today <laughs> <laughs> i think today
0: she's like
1: ponytail i made it
3: yes. <laughs> ponytail by veronica chew i made it oh Woo! don't forget to tag her
2: uh, I'm the wrong person to ask this question because this goes into, like, deep mental thought process. For me, I never feel like I've made I feel like I'm, I'm not dead yet, so I'm always growing. I'm always going to, to the next, to the next, to the next. And, of course, you've got to be in the moment, and this is an incredibly wonderful moment to be a part of. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, I feel like i made it when I, I get out of bed on time and my kid has a lunch and I, I've got, you know, the right shoes on a gently massaged contour on social media. <laughs> I'm good.
1: I think it's about moments. It's hard to say. There's never one thing. You know, it's all about it all together. It's about the journey for me. I mean, it sounds so cliche. There's your fortune cookie of the day. It's all about the journey, <laughs> not the steps.
0: Because yeah. <laughs> it's an ebb and flow, right? Like there's a moment and then you're like, oh crap, the moment's gone. But there's the moment. Yeah. We've got a, time for a couple of more questions.
3: Yes, hi, thank you so much. This has been so informative. I just to ask you, what do you see in a designer who you think represents a genius?
1: I, I, to me, it's just instinct. Again, it's, never, it's not one thing. It's not like, oh, if they do great tailoring, if they do great creations, or it's like really over the top. I'm surprised all the time. And if I'm surprised on a really sort of emotional way, then for me, they're a genius. And it, it's not, you know, and, and that's also an ebb from flow as well because there are times I've gone to a Chanel collection that I think is genius. You will come back next season and be like, ooh. You're like, oh, genius no. Genius guy.
2: He said that, not me. <laughs>
1: Vanessa Krupp. And then you come back and you're like, wow, this is so great. So create, create a process and creativity and, and what you execute. is all, you know, it, it depends on the moment. Because I'll, I'll be like, oh, that was great in the 90s. I'll look back and I'm like, oh, my God, I remember I love that. Look at it now.
2: Oh, Juicy Couture was great. Was Juicy Couture the 90s? 2000s. It was 2000s. 2000s. Okay, whatever. Anyway, I think, look, genius is subjective, right? It's still subjective. So there's two ways to look at it. You can look at those. The, you know, there's always those, like, really niche Create, people think they think it's a genius and you're like, I don't understand this at all, but in this niche world, this is a big deal. And then you could also say, well, as someone take a pop artist who, their song is on every radio station, are they a genius? They're making the entire world move to their song, whether it's what you want to kill yourself and you listen to it or not, if they're moving you. So I think for me, genius is whatever resonates, of course. It's, it has to resonate for whatever reason, whatever reason it has to resonate, but it has to be backed up by an idea like an actual thing it's not it can't just be a floating for me it can't be something floating and too
1: visceral but if you make lots of money from it you got me
2: (laughs) (laughs) then i believe in
1: you
0: we have time for one more did i see one more question out there yes here i come
3: if you ever had one moment where you thought you couldn't
1: go on what helped you move forward career or personal?
3: The one moment we thought we couldn't go and what made us keep going? I'm gonna say my family. My family, the support of my loved ones and the encouragement of my family and my friends. Yeah, But it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Like
2: money, money made us go on, money and fame. (laughs) I don't know because, look, it's your support network, right? You have to have someone out there who believes in you. And it doesn't matter who that person is. It could have been a teacher. It could have been, you know, someone on the street. It could have been a family member. It could have been a friend. You've got to have someone who really believes in you. It only has to be one person. So I think for me, I've always had someone out there who thought I could be something, even if I didn't think I could be something myself at that time. And that was enough. I guess, so basically I was obsessed with what other people thought of me, and that drove me to success.
1: Well, what's changed? You what know do what you it think is. Of I, listen, and personally, I just think like you know what. Sit in that moment if you feel like you can't go on. Sit in, it, and I'm always like, just be miserable, be bummed out, whatever it is yeah, for the day. Yeah, it's okay to be. And then I will wake up the next morning, and I want to just prove to myself that I can. And that's what that's what propels me. And it's less about other people, but me. And remember, to know that I sometimes,
2: can. sometimes on those really dark days, success is that you have a place to live. That's all it has to be, or that you have clothes to put on, or you had something to eat, that you made coffee. It doesn't have to be some monumental thing. It's just. Look around me. I still am here to go on another day. I got real deep real quick. I know. I'm yeah. like it's the ins-
0: fashion inspiration talk. Make sure today. you like her
1: on Instagram, then.
0: <laughs> I need it. Uh, therapy will be available afterwards. Uh, Kim, Vanessa, Joe, thank you so much thank for being you. here today. Vanessa. This has been wonderful. Thank you. thank you all of you for being here today at Toronto Fashion Week. If you're hanging around, we have another talk at 4:30. Otherwise, enjoy the day and enjoy your fashions. Thank you.